You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Stage Door Podcast, the podcast celebrating theatre and creativity from onstage mishaps to career-defining moments. Hosted by thespians, myself, Tori, and co-host Eliza. Fortnightly, we will bring you industry professional guests, deep dives, and more. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the season five premiere of Stage Door Podcast. Today, we are joined by the current leading lady of Grease the Musical, Annalise Hall. But before we get started, we would like to acknowledge the Tharawal people of the Eora Nation. And the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We pay respects to the traditional custodians past and present and strive to continue in the tradition of Australia's first storytellers. We acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. Always was, always will be. Annalise is a performer based on the northern beaches of Sydney. She is a graduate of the Queensland Conservatorium Griffith University's Bachelor of Music Theatre and currently leads the cast of Grease as Sandy Dombrowski. Upon graduating in 2021, Annalise was cast as Sophie in Mamma Mia with the show Co, directed by Tanya Midford. She then went on to perform the role of Sandy in Greece at QPAC, directed by Alistair Smith, in collaboration with the Queensland Conservatorium. Most recently, Annalise performed the role of Hope in the new Australian musical and winner of the Adelaide Fringe Award, The Marvelous Elephant Man. In 2018, Annalise graduated with a diploma of music theatre from Brent Street, and that same year, she was cast as the onstage swing and the Jenny understudy in Aspects of Love at the Hayes Theatre. Please welcome to the mic, Annalise. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. How are you? I'm great. We just had a show last night, so, um, you know, feeling really good and then another one tonight. Thank you for being here, considering you have to get up a little bit earlier probably than you'd like to. No, you know what? It's actually so good because I'm in company of comms, so I get home pretty early. Like, the show finishes at, like... Oh. maybe like 9 30 10 and I just come straight home it's yeah it's so much easier than usual that's great because then yeah. you're not too late getting home and then waking up at like 10 a.m every day yeah it's really good it's like we like literally ride around the corner from the theater yeah it's so good I got to see Annalise in the opening night of Greece and you were just phenomenal <gasps> I remember you as Sandy before and now you're Sandy in the Greece tour which is just wild it was so nice to see your face. Like when I came out and I saw you and Paul say, I was like, oh, my con people. And I remember yeah. you. I remember you so well in our last product production um, with all of the, the lockers, like moving them around the stage. It was so nice. Yes. So good to see your face. Though. Yes. 
Yeah, we definitely had the the quick change Sandy moment when you ran out and oh we would God, help yeah. you change. That was so stressful. Oh my oh, gosh. Yeah. What did you do again? <laughs> what was your like you had some I was like shoes or Yes, I was on shoes and pants. Yes, shoes and pants. <laughs> Couldn't have done it without it you. It was fabulous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> True unsung hero. <laughs> well, jumping into it a little bit. So obviously Greece opened oh gosh, February? No, January. January, like the 7th of January now. Yeah, and we've been doing it since um, New Year's Eve. What was your audition process like for the show? Yeah, so I, um, it was March last year, March, April. um, And I was in the middle of um, the Marvelous Elephant Man tour. So we had um, Adelaide and then we had Melbourne. And I had a couple weeks off when I was in Sydney. Um, And my agent gave me a call and was like, I have the biggest audition of your life coming up in two days. And I was like, oh my God, what are we talking about? And um, basically they were auditioning Danny's and he had been approached to find a reader um, just to read for Sandy. And he said, well, I have Olivia Newton-John at my agency right now. And um, so they were like, okay, bring her in. And at first I was just going to be a reader, but then they wanted to audition me. Um, so I got all the material and then they invited some other people in to audition for Sandy as well that same day. So I had two days to kind of get fully prepped. Um, and you know, I went out and I got a cute outfit. I was sending it through to my agent, like this one, this one, crop top. Yes. No. Um, I did. I did. I had a really cute outfit. It was like this like little, like yellow and white skirt and like this white top. Um, I went in on the day and I was like, I was like kind of nervous because it was obviously a big deal, but. I don't know. I was pretty confident at the time because I'd just done the leading lady in Elephant Man and like that was, you know, six weeks in Adelaide. Um, And I'd obviously done the show before. So I I was pretty confident. I felt quite good about it. And I I knew that it was such a big deal that I didn't have my hopes set up too high. I was kind of like, this is my first really, really big audition. Um, So I went in there. I saw like a few, you know, big familiar faces and I was like, ooh. This is exciting. Um, And then, yeah, I just went in there and I sang hopelessly. They wanted to see that first. And it was like Jozo, Luke Joslin, the director, um, Skelt, David Skelton, choreographer, and Eric, the, um, sorry, not choreographer, musical director, and then Eric, the choreographer, um, as well as like the producer and casting people. And I just like sang out. I really just gave it my all in that first sing through of hopelessly i did all the opt-ups that i did in our production at qpac like um i yeah. think it's like an f or an f sharp or something opt up to that and then i did like the the riff up to the b at the end um and they were very much like what because a lot of people don't sing that version so i really just gave it my all and um i remember that amazing feeling where they're like they start by writing and then they just look up and they just watch and that's the best feeling when you know you've like got them um, yeah. Yeah, it was really good. And then, yeah, so then I read with um, some big names, uh, some really cool people, and I was asked to come back in the afternoon. And then it was quite funny because I got added on social media by a bunch of like the creative team's partners <laughs> that night. And I was like, oh! <laughs> I was like, wait a second. It was really funny. <laughs> I left, I left feeling a bit like, oh, I'm not sure. Like I left being like, oh, I don't think, I think I did my best, but I don't think I got it. But then I got out of that night and I was like, that's crazy. Um, (laughs) It was so funny. 
Anyway, and then the next Monday, I got told that I was going to do a callback, um, and I was in Melbourne for Elephant Man, so I'd gone back to Melbourne to do that part of our tour, um, and I had to do the callback two weeks later. Um, it was the second show, so we opened Elephant Man on the Wednesday, and then on the Thursday morning, I had to fly to Sydney to do the callback. Three-hour callback with just Joe. It was just Joe and I. Joe Spanty. Wow. And, yeah, it was three hours. And then I had to fly back to Melbourne to do our second show of Elephant Man. So it was, like, oh, crazy. It was so busy. Yeah. And then we found out the, the, the next Monday. So only a few days later we found out. But it was a really good experience. The, the final callback was, um, yeah, it was really fun. It was nerve-wracking because we had Frost in the room. He's, like, the biggest producer in the country. So that was, like... Um, <laughs> But it was good. It was it was chill and and like the the dance was really fun. Like it was just doing a dance audition with just Joe and I and, and Eric. So like it was you know it was we were able to ask questions and kind of get that banter going yeah. and like yeah it was really fun. It was a really positive positive experience and um, yeah. Sometimes I think just that confidence in the room makes a really big difference. Totally. And I mean, even getting that chance to really talk to the panel and get to know them because that's ultimately who you're going to then work with as well. So it's really nice when you get down to the last bit and you get to kind of like have that bit of rapport with them, have a bit of fun and enjoy it. Yeah. And like actually like work with them. Like Jozo was pretty chill and being like, okay, this isn't working. (laughs) We can do this better. And then, you know, getting the opportunity to actually do it again instead of like in a first audition where it's like, you did it wrong, you're cut. Um, so there was a little yeah. bit more, yeah, a bit more play in the room, which was cool. That's so fantastic. And I mean, you are absolutely no stranger to this role, having performed it at QPAC with the Queensland Con, which yes. we were talking about earlier. So how do you feel stepping back into the iconic role after you learnt so much post-study? And how does it feel doing it now compared to how it was back then? Yeah, totally. So I love it. I... I love that I get to do it again. It's a very different version, um, yeah. but it's, it's, again, it's that confidence. So I remember in our version at the con, I was sharing the role with Lucy Wilson, the beautiful, amazing, perfect Lucy, and she, um, she had done the role at high school, and I had never done the role before. And I remember at the start of rehearsals feeling a bit behind. Like, I remember just feeling like, like oh, like, 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 not, like, not intentionally copying her, but often just, like, going with her, what she'd already done because she'd done the show before. And I think yeah. that's kind of, like, I, eventually, obviously, I found it and did my own sort of version. But at first, it was a bit, a bit like, behind. Like, I was always like, ooh, what, what are we doing? Oh, she's got those beats already. And that's how I feel this time. So now I'm like, oh, yeah, I know the beats. I know what I'm doing. And so I can play a bit more. And, um... Yeah, it's so much fun. Like, I'm, I'm so glad that I get to do it again. And, you know, as well, it, it does show in the audition when you know all of the beats and you're making those obvious choices. And I guess that's, like, that's really something that I've learned from this experience is that there is no room in an audition for not being 100% on top of the material and on top of those beats and on top of, like, what is going on there is no room for just pretending um like you have to go in there and you don't have to know that show back to front you have to be really really strong with the choices and like 
you have to show them what they want to see on stage in a month's time. You know, they don't want to have to work and work and work with you. They want to see that straight away. Um, so I guess, yeah, in that sense, it's, it's really great that I'd already had all those beats. I already knew what the show was about. I knew where the character's journey was. I'd felt that emotional journey, you know, through my body night after night in the past. So I kind of already know how to do that now. Um, but, you know, saying that as well, it's, it is a different version. They cut a lot of the show. The show is a lot shorter. Um, and Sandy's material is less, a lot less than our last version. Um, so it's, it's, that's challenging as well because it, it kind of disempowers her sometimes when you cut material. Um, there is, there's good stuff too. But it's good that it's a shorter show, you know. People love seeing a short Snappier. show. Snappier, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's yeah, it is. You know, it has its own challenges. Um, having to kind of still find that journey with less material, which is surprising you say that because watching it, I feel like she was like it was really the same show. Like, yeah, I don't know. Watching it, I didn't realize that so much of her stuff had been cut, or she wasn't as empowered. I guess, yeah, because of the way it, I think you characterize her as well I think that comes down to a lot of like your choices within those scenes oh thank you yeah I do think it, yeah th- there is stuff cut like for example do you remember the bit um in the bedroom scene when all of the girls leave and she comes through and she sits at the mirror and she sings um Sandra D reprise oh the my mirror. god yes. yeah so there were like little moments like that or like just little things, but they're not necessary moments. And so the fact that I've done the show before is great because it does inform that for me. You know, it's show don't tell kind of thing. Like I can show all that without having to say it and, and do those yeah. actions. Um, but yeah, it's it's good to have done it before. And like I, I've definitely grown a lot as a performer since then. I mean, it, I'm a much older, more mature person than I was then, more professional, like having done Elephant Man that confidence is key confidence is so so important um and yeah so you know it's it's really special to be able to do it again I feel like it doesn't it doesn't feel like a shorter show and I feel like like Eliza was saying you made such strong choices in this role that I've never seen before that I feel like Sandy has always felt kind of almost like a secondary character in the story of Greece. She hasn't mm, felt yeah. particularly strong, but so many of the choices that I think you make and possibly also to do with the changes in the show, even though she might have less content than we're used to, she feels so much stronger and she mm. feels a little bit modernized as well yes. in that she really is like... Yep not taking any shit I was gonna say that thank you yeah I was gonna say like yeah that modern comment I think is really great because to some degree it it is very modernized like the set and stuff you're not thinking about the 50s 60s like you're thinking about now um and the way that I um that Joe and I play our relationship is very like modern banter it's very like flirting in you know 2024 um and so yeah (laughs) and I love that definitely it it makes Sandy more human instead of being like really prissy like I play her kind of like I would like it's me like I just kind of play it a bit more like Annalise and I think that's so much more interesting for the audience and a bit more relatable no absolutely and obviously like we've discussed that there's 
been a lot of changes to this production. What was it like in the rehearsal room creating this production? What pretty much feels like from the ground up? Yeah, really fun. Rehearsals was probably like some of the most fun I've had in my musical theatre life. Um, it's it, it has its own challenges. It's it's really fun because you're working with these new people and there's all that like fresh energy of like it's just very exciting. Um, and, you know, making new friends and all of that, like so much fun during rehearsals. But it is also very challenging. And we were lucky that we had a really, really kind creative team. A lot of the time you don't get that. A lot of the time you get people who are very, very strict, um, especially, you know, like people from overseas, they might be a little bit harder. Jozo, Eric and Skelts were so just, just cool, really cool. But uh, yeah, it does have its own challenges because you only have a month to put this thing on its feet. So like... Let's say, for example, there's Eric really wants to do some particular choreography, but it might be a little too challenging to implement in a month, and he's got to shift that, he's got to change that. Or like, for example, we had these massive bleachers, but the bleachers couldn't always be there, so the bleachers were kind of moved in and out. So yeah. sometimes we're practicing without the bleachers, and that that can be a little a little bit challenging. Um, yeah. And then as well, like the Sandy's stuff. There was, you know, a few moments there where the whole creative team were just really trying to figure out what is Sandy's story? What is her story? What are we trying to tell? And there was a lot of pressure on me to do a lot with very little stage time compared to the other characters. Like the other characters have a lot of time, even if they're not talking, where they're on stage. I kind of come in and yes. out my little bits and my songs are the main stuff. So there was a lot of emphasis on like, trying to yeah trying to find her story and um yeah and like I think it was great that we had everyone involved but sometimes as well that can be too many cooks in the kitchen so you know it's 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 different when you're a lead and you're also creating it from scratch because they really wanted to make my story very prevalent, but they had also cut a lot of my material, so I had less stage time. So there was just a kind of a lot of things going on, like how can we light her this way to make it more obvious, or how can we, you know, change the song? Like we took um, Raining on Prom Night up a key to kind of make it a bit more like sparkly and like a bit more belty and stuff, things like that. So just trying to make it a little bit more, yeah, just trying to make her story more obvious, as well as like the fact that, you know, they really wanted a bit of an Olivia Newton-John-esque vibe, some people, and then other people didn't. Yeah, some people in the team kind of wanted more that, or at least I was getting told by some people, oh yeah, we want like Olivia Newton-John, and then I was getting told by other people, oh no, like we want more... Annalise, we want, we don't want 70s sound, we want like Annalise's accent. So there was a lot of just kind of trying to figure out what the right thing is. And so that was a lot for me to just kind of like have to take lots of notes and not let that, you know, I, I never try to get like ego in the way, just try to filter through all that and just go, okay, what can I do in this moment based on that note? Let's see if that works. And then we go, yes, that works. Okay, let's try this though. Let's make that, this different. A lot of just playing around to try find where Sandy sits but yeah we got there in the end and it's you know it's different to the con one because the con one she had an American accent she was um it was a bit different definitely much different and I definitely see what you're talking about about the influences because I can see some Olivia in there which mm. is really nice I think as an audience member to have like a little nod like there's little nods yeah. but then it feels so Annalise at the same yeah. time 
Yeah. So it's a really interesting mix. So I can imagine that would have been pretty hard in the rehearsal room to kind of get that right mix of of yeah. character and also, you know, such an icon also being part of that role that Australia knows. Totally. I like I practiced yeah. the Olivia Newton John accent all year to do in the show. And then I was told, actually, no, we don't want that. We just want Annalise's voice. Because <laughs> then I was like, oh, okay, yeah, cool. It was so funny. <laughs> You're like watching Grease every five seconds. <laughs> like I had it so perfect. I had it practiced right. And like I did the read through in the ONJ accent and people were like, oh my God, you sound exactly like her. Like that's crazy. But then they really didn't want that. They were like, no, we want like, and I think I, I can understand it because already as myself, I am enough like the cat like I already have enough of a Lily Newton John essence that I don't need to put it on um but still it was kind of funny I was like oh all those hours (laughs) gone to waste (laughs) and I mean you have some incredible costumes in this show when you first came out I was like whoa that costume was incredible do you have a favorite costume that you wear Yes, so my favourite would be the prom dress. Um, it's like off the shoulder, blue, a little pattern with like, and it goes out like that. And it's, I think it's just really cute, it's really flattering. Um, I was so lucky that, you know, all of the costumes were like made from scratch for us um, by Billy at the frock shop. Um, he's amazing. And yeah, that would be my favourite one. It's really cute. All the costumes in the show are really good. I feel like normally it has such a set, like colour tone for this show. Um, but everything was so bright and colourful and it all felt really personal as well, which I think is something that's happening more and more where we're not seeing these ensembles that are an ensemble, they all look the same kind of thing. Everyone has Mm. character and personality in ensembles, which I think makes a show so much more enjoyable to watch when you can be like, oh, I feel like I know that person doesn't have anything to say, but I feel like... I know who they are and who their character is, like just through costuming alone. That's so true, actually. Yeah. We have so much fun on stage. It's wild. Like I have to be so careful because I'm like a chronic um, corpser. Like I break so much. I have to be really careful to not laugh on stage because like these guys are so funny. Like when we're in the background scenes, I'll have Harry just whispering the craziest things to me or Tom will be like tapping me on my shoulder and I just break so easy but you're right like (laughs) you're right everyone has their own like little individual story and everyone's constantly like in the world which is really fun now I think we're gonna move on to a bit of a game now so this game is this or that so we're gonna give you two things and then you get to choose which one you'd prefer Okay, cute. Let's do it. Okay, if you were to do Grease again, or if you were to be cast in an alternate universe in the show, would you want to play Danny or Rizzo? Okay, I've actually played Danny when I was 14 in my high school production. (laughs) So, Rizzo, (laughs) when I was 14, I'll I'll send you a photo. I played Danny. (laughs) Please. That's so funny. (laughs) I was like a massive tomboy. Did you go to an all-girls school? Yeah. All girls yeah. school and I was like yeah. tomboy, tomboy, tomboy till I was like a little bit older. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I was daddy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> always. I was always playing the guys. I feel you. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. I loved it. It's good. I love it. Yeah, yeah. it's great. Okay. Be cast in a long running concert version of a show on the West End or a short run of a new show on Broadway. Oh. I know. That's hard. Short run. Short run of a new show on Broadway. It would just be really cool to be on like an original cast recording and 
And also Broadway. Broadway. But also short runs are good because then you don't get too tired of the show as well. Okay. Costume malfunction or a wig falling off. Oh my God. Costume malfunction. Wig falling off. (gasps) Absolutely (laughs) not. Can you imagine? That would be so embarrassing. (laughs) I feel like it feels so alien if a wig was to fall off. (laughs) You'd be like very vulnerable with your wig off, yeah. But I mean, like, it depends how bad the wig, like, the costume malfunction is. Like, if we're talking tits out, like, maybe not. Okay, so lucky last one will be being serenaded by Patti Lapone or Julie Andrews. (gasps) Julie Andrews in her Sound of Music era. Yeah. Yeah. Not with the nodules. Yeah, no. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, Julia. Even Julie. then, I'd still I'd still love it. Um, <laughs> I'd be like, yes, I mean, yeah. Please. She can just speak to me. She can just read me a bedtime yeah. story. That's fine. <laughs> well, thank you for playing this or that. that That's fun. just a little bit of fun. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> This is a small interruption to the episode to let you guys know about our amazing upcoming giveaway. Big Yikes is a coming-of-age story that explores boundaries, decision-making, and autonomy while asking the big questions like, what is my purpose, what should I do with my life, and why does my housemate leave lentils in the fridge to rot? Starring Juliet Milne, you can catch this show from Wednesday the 13th of March to Saturday the 23rd of March. This is at the Underground Theatre in the Brisbane Powerhouse. To enter our double pass giveaway, please head over to our Instagram for a post later this week. So I guess uh, kind of moving in a different direction, although you've had this wild success at the moment, being a performer obviously comes with a lot of rejection. Do you have any advice for performers out there who are currently auditioning and might be facing that rejection constantly of auditioning for big shows or or even little shows and not getting the roles and having to keep going on the grind yeah so much okay I reckon (laughs) so I've been doing it this since I was like 12 like I got an agent when I was 12 and then I started auditioning for like commercials and like film tv stuff um, and some music theater so I've been doing it forever and I've got very used to rejection and I think that the number one thing you just have to remember is to stay in the game you just have to stay in the game. Mm. You have to find something alongside your auditions that makes you happy. Like I was I was auditioning for probably more in high school than I was when I graduated uni. And I was still going to school every day. I was still doing all the stuff. So like it's very capable to, you know, have a job, have a job that pays you well and be auditioning. Mm. I think if you just keep it up just stay there don't put all of your eggs into that basket and feel like feel like burnt out do you know what I mean so like for Mm. example for me I found my teaching and I love my teaching and so I did my teaching I became a really good teacher I became passionate about my teaching and then when I was doing an audition it was like just you know fun audition I'm doing my audition and I would work really hard towards my audition and I would do that and then I would go back to my teaching which I also loved and which also paid me and was also something that I could kind of you know get better at um, and continue with mm. similar like my partner Nikita like he is auditioning for stuff but he um, does real estate so he um you know, works oh, in real really? estate. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. realize. So he's got a full-time job. That's he amazing. works in real estate. Yeah, but he's still auditioning for stuff. Like, he's still, you know, pursuing his passion. He still goes to classes. He's still working on a show. Um, and obviously, that's it's easier said than done to find that, 
to find that thing that also yeah. makes you happy. That's you know a challenge to do, but I think it's something that definitely is worth working towards because you want to find something that also you also feel passionate about. So it's not so much like oh my God, they didn't choose me. I'm so unhappy now. It's more just like, okay, I just did that. I did the audition and now I'm separating myself from it. I go back to my life. It's just staying in the game. And I think, yeah, if you can find that other thing that makes you happy, it's easier to stay in the game um, so that you don't give up. I would also say like the number one piece of advice that my personal piece of advice is knowing what you bring to the table. I say it all the time to people, to my students, to anyone who asks me for advice. You have to know what you bring to the table. You don't have to be even very good. (laughs) You don't even need to be that good in this. Like you don't. You need to know though what you're good at. You could be really bad at singing, dancing, and acting but you could be like really funny maybe you're like super super funny and you could do comedy stuff so like be really really good at that and then be the best at that in the industry or like let's say you're I don't know an amazing you've got a beautiful soprano voice but you can't dance you really can't dance but you've got a really good soprano voice so then you're going to find all the roles that are perfect for that and you're going to be in the industry the best at that And then all of your socials, everything is going to match that so that you have created a brand for yourself. And like that's something early on that I really figured out and I did for myself was created a very clear brand for myself. And so that when I go into an audition room, I know exactly what I'm right for and the panel knows exactly what I'm right for. And it's not about boxing yourself in. That's not what it's about. It's about you can choose where you want to go, but you have to know what you bring to the table because otherwise they're not going to know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you have to sell yourself. Yeah. And I think like that's if, – if you can focus on that, then when you do get that rejection, it's a little bit less like you don't feel so hurt because you're like, well, that wasn't for me. That wasn't the right one. And, yeah. you know, it's just like, well, whatever. Yeah. There's not that many that are going to be perfect that are going to be right for you. And the ones that, you know, if you don't get that one that you would be perfect for, then you go, okay, I'm allowed to be upset by that. That sucks. That's hard. I'm allowed to be upset by that. You find those ways to get your serotonin, dopamine, oxytocin, keep those happy chemicals up, Um, whether that be like a walk in the park. Um, A lot of people say like after an audition, you should go do something nice for yourself. So go get a, a good lunch or like go to the movies or go do something nice so that you can, yeah, keep those happy chemicals going. Yeah, I think for me personally... because I've been doing this since I was 12 I'm very realistic with everything it's like it's like how do we how do I make it happen what do I want what do I need to do to make it happen and then like stay on that path stay persistent stay in the game don't burn out don't go so hard don't be like oh my god I have to do five dance classes a week and I have to be singing every single day and I have to do blah 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 Just work at a pace that works for you so you don't burn out, but just keep showing up. Stay in the game. Just stick around. And if you can find something that, like, you enjoy on the side, then you'll be able to stick around because you're not so stressed about making it work so desperately. It's so true, though. You have to really look after your mental health on the other side, even financial mental health, because as performers, you know, we're waiting for the next gig. But Mm. if you put all your eggs into that basket necessarily – then it can become stressful and then become more high stakes. So rejection becomes harder. Exactly. For my opinion, you know, it's easy to be like, so like chasing dreams.
dream, chasing dream, which is great. Go chase your dream, but have other stuff that you're interested in. Find other passions, find things that you love. And then you're, you get rid of the, the what do they call it? Like the desperation stink. Like when you walk into an audition room and yeah. like the, the panel can just smell that you're desperate. It's like, no, just go yep. have fun. Enjoy your life. Meditate, go to the beach, like go do things that make you happy. Walk your dog, like live your life. And the auditions are just a little part of it. Don't give it all that weight. Work towards it, but try to take away the like, I need this. This is my dream. I need it. Take away that and go, I'm just auditioning and I'll keep auditioning for the rest of my life. I'm just going to keep showing up and eventually something sticks. And it will happen. It does. And it always it does. does. It does. You just keep doing yes. it. Yes. I think that is literally the best advice that you can give. Yeah. Because I feel like that is exactly what I've just recently learned about myself. And yeah. I'm like, that is literally the advice I would give as well on rejection and living you know yeah I guess kind of jumping off the back of that earlier this year you were able to be part of Olivia's walk for wellness what has it been like to honor her with her recent passing only a year and a half ago yeah really special um she was someone that like I did really look up to growing up um and like my mom is very much like her. Like, I really think my mom was like Sandra D <laughs> when she was at high school. <laughs> and so just, yeah, I think it was just really special, really nice. I mean, I've got like a lot of little connections to her. My drama teacher at high school was a massive fan of Olivia Newton-John. He had her do a video for us when we did Xanadu. I played her role in Xanadu <gasps> in high school. Yeah. And he had a video. Yeah, he had a video and she was like, good luck guys for your opening night of Xanadu. Um, And that was like played on the big screen in front of the audience and stuff on opening night, which was really cute. So there's been like little connections like that. And, you know, the fact that I like had done Grease before and, you know, I've watched the movie so many times and she's Australian. So really special. And like I've I've got to go to the hospital and, um, you know, help raise money for the people at the hospital. And it's a really great cause because it's not just about raising money for cancer. It's also about raising money for like treatments for people with cancer. So things like, you know, yoga, meditation, like Mm. lifestyle things that are going to improve their quality of life while they're dealing with their treatment. Yeah, just it was just really so it's something I kind of believe in. It's not it's not something that other um, other foundations really push as much. I also have had a couple of people in my life who've passed from cancer, so it's it is special to kind of have that connection too. Yeah, really great. I'm ho- hopefully we'll get to keep that relationship up again throughout the year. I'm sure we will. And that's the great thing where like your art can also then help people because I know that's definitely like we love helping people and community and that's really exciting when you get to do a show that is then also helping a whole lot of people with something that's close to your heart yeah it's beautiful I think like as well I mean you're so right like with Greece the amount of people who come it's 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 not necessarily for like the musical theater buffs as much it's more for the people who are like just the general public and they just really want a good night out and you really provide that with Greece So it is quite rewarding in that way. Exactly, exactly. Well, that's actually our last question for today. But we would love to hear if you have a bedtime story for us. Any stage mishap or something that's gone wrong. It could be in Greece. It could be any in any any show. Yes, I have a very clear one in my head. Okay, so (laughs) it was our final performance at QPAC of Greece. It was the final one. We had done this for like literally so long this show I run on for hopelessly devoted to you and this is where everyone kind of runs off after the prom scene and I was hit by someone 
running off, someone hit me. I think it might have been Nick Van Litz, but I can't be sure. (laughs) 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 Someone hit me and I literally got like concussed or something. I wandered on stage like this. I was like, wee. Because I got run into and I was like, like a loopy walking on stage. As I come onto stage, the music starts for hopelessly. Da 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 da. And I just didn't sing. (laughs) I just didn't sing. It was like, guess mine is not the first. Yeah, because I played it off as a tech issue. I was like, oh, my mic wasn't on. (laughs) But I just didn't sing. I came in like, I came in like, um,. My eyes are not the first to cry. I, I, I'm not the first to know. I came in there. But I just, the whole first couple lines, I didn't sing at all. <laughs> you were like, what is going on? I don't know yeah. where I am. I was literally <laughs> like loopy. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> uh, maybe they thought that I was like, just like hardly using my jaw. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It has been so lovely to catch up with you and just chat yes. all things good. Greece and everything that you're doing now is just fabulous so we wish you all the best with the rest of the run thanks so much for having me this was so much fun but before we go actually we should do a little bit of a plug for the show so you guys can catch Greece in Melbourne till the 16th of March Sydney from the 24th of March and Perth from the 30th of June you can find all the information for tickets at greasemusical.com.au and Greece Oz Tour on Instagram and also Annalise please plug yourself where can people find you yeah so Instagram it's just Annalise Hall um, TikTok Annalise Hall with like a few L's at the end um, and then for singing lessons um, if you go through Vocalab so I'm not doing my private teaching through my business at the moment because of Greece I'm only doing it through Vocalab so if you just go onto Vocalab um, you can google it or find it on Instagram and you can book in a session with me there amazing well thank you so much Annalise for coming on and chatting to us today you guys please make sure you go and you book tickets to see Greece in one of the many cities it will be going to Um, but thank you so much again for being here and until next time you guys stay happy healthy and safe and we will see you then bye Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.